wanted to read you something. I, I'm just kind of going off the just off the stump here, real quick. And uh, I asked the in in honor of the uh, the men's uh, testosterone table set up outside out there. It's a uh, it's like a camouflage hullabaloo or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we're signing up for the men's retreat and all that. The ladies are signing up for their uh, ladies' day. So I thought about that. It's, camo's like an, is, is, I don't know if it's the aroma or the color that men are attracted to. They just kind of hovering around. I, I put one of my recliners out there, and, uh, and they're, they're like, it's like somebody's front room out there. Um, so... That brought me to this scripture here out of, uh, and you don't even got to go there. Just let it marinate. Uh, Genesis 8, 18. So Noah went out, his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. Say families. So this is the way the family started. God flooded the earth. It was stinky. It had all kinds of things going on. And he just, he goes, Franny, I'm just wiping the thing out, man. I, I, this, this is just, it is what it is. And, and you say, well, it doesn't sound like there's much difference now. Then that's why he wiped the earth out was because of what's going on now. So somewhere, where's the amen section at? I'm going to preach to them. All right. Yeah. And so I want, I wonder so verse 20, I'll lock it in and I'll ask you the question. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal uh, and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. I wonder what would happen if guys would lead their families. I'm just asking a question. You guys do what you want with. And, 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 and guys got their families to go to church. Worship at church. Worship at home. Pray at home. Read their Bible at home. I'll bet the family unit would be stronger than it ever is. I, and, and if you want to know how the family structure was supposed to be set up, all you got to do is read the Bible. You ain't even got to get out of Genesis, and it'll tell you how it's supposed to be set up. Now, you can try to, can, Pastor Mark, you can try to contort it and, 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 and put on a new spin and try different things. We got people marrying animals and all kinds of things to find out if that works. Look at your neighbor and say, that won't work. You can't be married to a cat. As a matter of fact, I, I told the last service that, that, that the man and his family was supposed to subdue the earth and, and, and take care of the animals and all that. And that's a whole other story. If I start preaching on that, we'll be here till Tuesday. Um, I don't know. So uh, maybe that's the way families are supposed to be. They're led by the man. So that's, that's why we're having the men's retreat is, is so we can teach the men uh, what it is their job is supposed to be, biblically speaking. Um, and, and my goal, I, really, is, is to have 75 guys at this retreat. And, I, and, uh, and, and Chris Lamonis has given his testimony on Friday night, so praise God. 
Chris, God bless you, man. Uh, so go go with me into Galatians, and we'll we'll uh, talk about. So we're trying to show people we care. So that's why we do the things we do, and the ladies got their things and all that kind of stuff. And uh, um, and uh, we title what we title the guys. The guys retreat is called Bible Beef and Bullets. <laughs> so all are welcome there. And uh, huh? There won't be, I promise you, there won't be a salad there. There won't be a salad in the place. No need for that. We cast out, and no decaf coffee either. It's just, girls, the guy's life is pretty dang simple, isn't it? Almost barbaric like. Um, it's just pretty dang cool, though, you got to admit it. Uh, brother, I'm going to six one in Galatians. Brothers, if anyone's caught in the transgressions, you are spiritual, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And I'll just pause here because I haven't in the other two. I didn't do it at North, and I didn't do it in the first service, but I'm going to do it here. Watch this, Dave. Uh, be gentle. Be gentle with um, your brother or sister in Christ. They may not be where you're at. I know some of us think that we're holier than thou, and everybody should be at your level, whatever level that is. Let's be honest. Sometimes people, uh, never mind, I was going to say that they're crazy, but I'm not going to say that. Bear with one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then the reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load, even if you have college debt. Oh, we're going to go there. Look at me for a second. I don't need you to pay for my daughter's college. I'll pay for it. We got some strange noises going on. Is that heaven? What in the world is that? Oh, it was you. It was the chef. It was the I didn't know what it was. Well, we're living in a techno world, aren't we here? We thought that was the we thought that was the rapture. I go, here we go. Let's pray on that note, man. You guys are nuts. I ain't gonna get through a message here today. Let's pray, Lord. We just we want to be gentle. And uh Lord, help us do that, and sometimes, Lord, we, uh, we get in ourselves and our flesh and our feelings and feel like we ought to fix everybody, but Lord, I know the only one that can fix a heart is, uh, is you. <laughs> we need some fixing down here, uh, so bless the offering today too, Lord, as we uh, present it to you and everybody partakes and knows that they're given to the kingdom when they do give. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So let's applaud the Lord again as we pick up the tithes and the offering. All right, all right. So go to Acts 20, uh, verse 17. And it, 
you, you ought to see the uh, expressions, you know, when, when I'm looking around going, hey, what's going on? And they're like, sound booth's going, I don't know. We don't know what's going on. So that was kind of funny. So, uh, Go to Acts 20. I already said that. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. I got the preaching part down about showing people that I care. It's the acting part in the in the in the in the actual get that into a working capacity. So the speech is right. We have to get the action to be right too. So say ask say give an example. Give me. All right, well, I'll tell you. Uh, show them you care. It has to start at your own house. It has to start with your spouse. And if you're married to somebody, just nudge them because I'm going to give you kind of my little, everybody has a, de- everybody has a dealio. Say dealio. dealio. Oh, I want to be mad forever. Don't you dare. Oh, yeah, all the guys are like, oh, yeah, we're going to go there. So me and my wife, when you're in ministry world, you never fight. You just have intense fellowship. <laughs> I don't know. He's arguing about something. So argument, if you don't, if you don't handle it right, Diane, it could go into like days. And only people that can do this are human beings. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? If if you want to, you you want to get mad. Oh, I can get mad. And uh, let's be honest, guys. You can't carry it on as long as your wife can. I'm just like, you know what, man? You want, well, let's roll with it, man. Let's just roll with it. <laughs> D- guys know what I'm talking about, man. I'm going to man up, and I'm, we're going to flex on you. We'll, so, <laughs> true story. So I'm, I'm just kind of carrying on the madness just so I can win the competition. And I'm walking past my Bible study room. And God's like, oh, how long are you going to let this go here, uh, chief? <laughs> He's like, you need to take your wife in the Bible study room and, and pray and work out whatever little. It was just, I don't even know what it was about. It was so small, I don't even remember. But, um, and so I wanted to carry on with, the, with being mad because I could win. Uh, but I've, through the years, the last 22 years, I've fed my spirit man so much that it smashes the flesh. And the one who won that battle was the Spirit of God because it welled up inside of me. So, however that works, it's y'all's place. Submit to the Spirit of God when He's moving your heart to rectify the really, let me say it with you, uh, stupid situation that you're dealing with. Uh, and so it ain't about, you know, whatever the flesh and feed it and all this kind of stuff. You know that the flesh, when you feed it, it's a feeding frenzy. It'll always want more uh, later. Amen? Amen? So heed to the spirit. That's why we're feeding the spirit so we can show a world that we care for them. Um, so let's get into it, and then I'll, I'll tell you what it is. We're just going to go with it. We're not going to do, let's just, 2017. 
now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus. So uh, this is where the Apostle Paul is, and he's getting ready to speak to the church in Ephesus. He's 30 miles away from, uh, that's where Miletus is, from the, the church in Ephesus and his people. He's been there three years. He's lived with them. He's been there. He's done it. He knows the people, and he's moving on into Jerusalem, and he's leaving the church there. He set it up. He said, here's how you're supposed to run it. And this is basic life principles, not just at church, but God's people all over the place. So he's talking to the elders of the church to come to him, and when they came to him, he said to them, he said to them, I'm going to say to you, you know yourselves how I lived among you the whole time, the first day that I set foot in Asia. Here he is. Um, it, with this new work going on three years ago. Serving the Lord, what does he say? How does he serve the Lord? Serving the Lord with all humility. Humility is, is really, I'm trying to define it like in Pastor Pat language and I don't know how to do it, like really probably not being puffed up. Being conceited, you don't need to be always the loudest voice in the room. You don't always need to talk over somebody. You don't always need to know it all. You don't always need to have a verse for your friend all the time. You know what you need to do, and you're like, you know what? If you say one more time, I'm going to use the business into this Bible to... Humble means you don't know it all. Look at each other, even if you're not connected with them. So that we, we don't know it all, and I know we all think we do because we go to church, and they don't. Big whoop. You're doing what God's called you to do. So act humble when we go outside the doors and go, you know what? I don't know it all, but I know Jesus saved my life, and he can save yours too. Amen. And the church said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Uh, so he did it with humility and he did it with tears. And we know that once you get into ministry and you get into church and you're praying and you're reading your Bible, you'll have more compassionate for people you never thought you'd have compassion for uh, in your whole life. And you may even end up shedding some tears because God has softened your heart to look like his heart. And when it looks like his heart, what turns his heart and moves his heart will move your heart too. And, and, and you're in the people business, and when you see somebody hurting, you may shed a tear over it. So you don't need to reach down to your cheek and go, what's this? That's, it's tears. You used to never cry, but you do now because God has softened your heart. And let's be honest, he does, he's the only one who can change a heart. And the only institution in the world that changes a heart is the church and not the powers that be out there. And they're trying to, but it doesn't work. We can see through the scams. Uh, there's trials. He said, the trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. And they're always trying to get the apostle Paul. They're always trying to kill him. They're always trying to beat him up and all that. And I'm going to save that as we go into verse 20. How I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching to you in public and house to house. Let's go here. He didn't shrink back. He became bolder and bolder and bolder. As in just, I don't care how crazy society gets or how woke you're supposed to get or how you're supposed to know all the speech and the new math. Right. Right. Two plus two is still four. Right. I was never good at math anyway, so I don't know how they do math nowadays, teachers. But God bless you for teaching. 
So he didn't shrink back. He became bolder and bolder in the faith because the spirit man just continued to grow and grow in his heart. And when that happens, you don't care where you're at. You'll just say, God bless you anywhere you go. Did you ever say that somewhere and somebody go, what'd you say? I said, God bless you. Oh, that's awesome. And he said, then I went from teaching you in the public and teaching you house to house. So back then, this is how the church started in house churches, you know, just, you know, groups of two and three, but that's not where God wanted it to stay. Amen. When your house church starts to grow, then you get in a bigger building, a bigger building and you, and you multiply and you go out between the places. God always wants his kingdom to increase. Not decrease. Yeah. That's why we have the locations we do because we want everybody to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Watch this class. We don't want it to stay the same. We had like 60 people. We had like 60 guys in the last men's retreat. We want 75 this time. And do you believe we can get 75? I totally believe we can get 75. I don't, I don't think it's an issue. You get guys around and guys end up being guys and you get around and you start talking about the Bible You're like, man, that didn't hurt at all. I'll come back next year. Right. And then when we're there eating steaks and shooting trap and doing what we're doing, we can talk about the Bible, amen? You can hear about testimonies and how lives have been changed and, and, and your life can be changed too. He said he testified to the Jews and the Greeks. That means he didn't care who it was. He didn't matter what they looked like. He didn't care where they were born, how much money they make, how big their house was, where did they drive around. He said, I witnessed everybody. It didn't mean, it didn't, I don't care who they are. I witnessed everybody everywhere I go. Amen. Just, just continue to witness. Don't worry about what they look like or, or where they came from. God loves all people, and you should too. But here's the two things he taught them. Uh-huh. This may sting a little bit. Repentance toward God and of our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the two things. He teaches about repentance and he talks about your faith in the Lord Jesus. Repentance means turning from your sin and turning towards God. Say that with me. Turning from your sin and turning towards God. Don't dwell in your sin. Don't sit in your sin. Remember the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus said, go and sin no more. Leave your life. And move on to your new life. Don't sit in it and find out what you can get away with. I want you to be better than that. And I always ask people that. They go, well, I'm, eh, he's doing okay. And I just ask you, is that God's best for you? Ask your neighbor that. Is that God's best for you? Is that, I mean, is this it? Is that it? I mean, this is it? No, life is supposed to get better and better every day. We want it to grow. We want it to go. We want people to see that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. We repented from our old life, and we have a new life in Christ. I'm getting away from that old man, getting away from that old thinking, that old habits, that old way I looked at people, and, and I want God to well up inside of my heart so I can witness to everybody. I don't want to be just a one-trick pony. Amen. So faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, faith in faith just makes you a motivational speaker, but faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross of Calvary can make you a born-again believer if you accept that. Amen. And that's a fact. Oh, boy, here we go. And now being, whew, wow, what 2,000 years has done. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the, by the Spirit. Remember, he's not, he's not actually restrained, but he's, he's operating in the, in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
So when you're operating in the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll, you just kind of, it's kind of like God's moving you around. You're like, man, I can't believe I'm actually witnessing. And I can't actually believe like I'm at this church right now. Anybody that's right here, just go, I can't believe I'm at this church. Just touch your head so I know that you're listening. Just, that looks weird, so I, maybe I shouldn't do it. So, what does he say? He says, uh, I'm being constrained by the Spirit. He means he's being led by the Spirit. And sometimes when we're led by the Spirit, we don't even remember what we said. We don't remember, we don't remember how it happened, but we know it was something supernatural. And it takes supernatural to get ready to do what the Apostle Paul is getting ready to do. He said, the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions are await me. Who wants to sign up for that ministry? Raise your hand. Imprisonment and affliction. Man, that sounds like he, he was beat in every city and he was, he was locked up and, and people talked about him and all this kind of stuff. And he still, watch this class, he still went anyways. He still went anyways. He goes, you know what? I know I'm going to be locked up. I know I'm going to be thrown in jail. I know I'm going to be stoned outside the city. But I got to go every, anyways because I'm being led by the Spirit of God. So you make a, may make a decision for your family today that nobody likes, but you have to do it anyways because you're being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Don't try to be popular. I said, don't try to be popular. So here's what we have to get to in verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace. Remember, grace is getting something that you don't deserve. So we don't deserve grace, but we get it because uh, God loves us. Amen. And I told you that you give things to your kids when they don't deserve them. It's because you love the kids. Amen. And now behold, I am. And I was thinking about this. And I'll just kind of tell this. It's kind of a, it's a cute story because I have a daughter. If you have a daughter, you know that they have, they have oodles and oodles. I told this to the church last night. They have oodles of clothes. Oodles. Just tons. Tons of clothes. Three, four closets full. How about 30 or 40 pairs of shoes? Amen. That's good. It's okay because she's my daughter. I don't, I don't mind it. And then she needs, watch this, Terry. She needs to get an outfit to go to the concert. all good go ahead and get an outfit not because she needs it because she wants it a good father gives good gifts to their kids just because they want them and if you can relate and you're a mommy or daddy say amen, amen. let's be honest your kids don't need another thing I mean we know them they got the iPhones Well, if I got an iPhone, I'm going to need the super califragilistic expialidocious case that goes with it. And we get it anyways. And watch this. If the phone's outdated and there's an upgrade, we're going for that too. And we don't give it to them because they need it. 
we give it to them because we want to. There's a desire in every mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa to give their kids more than they deserve just because, say it with me, class, because they're your kids. Well, these are, all, these are all God's kids that are sitting in the sanctuary today, and the sanctuary's out there, and he wants to give you good gifts today, amen? And when he gives you good gifts, he wants you to share them with the rest of the people in the church. Show them that you really care by doing something, amen? Let's move on to just a couple of things here, and we'll, we'll get out of here. Verse 26 says, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. So what he's saying, he said, I got out there, I declared it to you, I preached it to you, I put it on you, and now it is totally up to you what you're going to do with the word. But he said, I challenge you today to show everybody you care by the way you, uh, by the way you walk, by the way you talk. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That's the people, not the building. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in, not sparing the flock, and from among yourselves they will arise and speaking twisted things out there. You, you know, he said there would be a time coming, I believe we're already there, when right will seem wrong and wrong will seem right, and truth will be false and false will be truth, and you start scratching your head going, I can't believe that they're saying that this is, this is true when we know it's a lie. And if you've been watching media, all you can see it, just because somebody says the same thing over and over again doesn't mean it's true. It's still a lie when it started, and it's a lie when it ends. And they, just try to, they just try to twist it. It's kind of like the devil did uh, in the Garden of Eden. He gave it just enough truth and then twisted it to contort these people into a life of sin. And that's what they'll do in your family. They'll come in and go, well, this, re this, re this show's really not that bad. Well, then why is it rated R? See, we do have a moral compass built inside of us, but a lot of us are ignoring it, especially the world. They know the difference between right and wrong. They inherit knowledge, the difference between right and wrong. Otherwise, we'd put, uh, we can't put bunnies up on a table and just chop them in a million pieces. We know that's wrong. Amen. There's something built inside of us, and you know who put that there? It's God Almighty so he can reveal himself to you in a special way. So we know what truth and what false is. We know not to do bad things. We, not, we know not to tell lies. That's, that's built in us. That's a, that's a built-in mechanism that we have. And if the church knows what I'm talking about today, just say amen, because there is a difference between right and wrong. Go ahead and rise with me. There's a difference between right and wrong. And, and, and our job is, is not to correct that, but tell people about the person who can correct that in their life. His name is Jesus. Don't try to fix them either. You'll, you'll make them crazy. They'll go, here comes that crazy Jesus freak <laughs> trying to fix me again. What would you do if somebody, you guys are in church and I know everybody's holy now, but what would you do if somebody walked up to you and tried to fix you, Sheehan? You're like, oh, no, man, Cherry, I'm not doing that, you bunch of Jesus freaks. Remember that? I used to sing. I used to laugh at him. Ha, <laughs> ha! Oh, you guys got it all wrong. You're really missing out, Laurel. Tina, you're missing out on a great life of really being a party animal. Woo! Yeehaw! 
You show them you care by your action. I told you at the top of the broadcast, I got the speech part down, Mopar Dave, but I got to start showing people that I love them. Show them. Walk them through it. Wow, that's going to get messy because then they'll end up at your house. Oh, they're coming. Oh, the, those church people come over and they got their boots on, especially they have Bible group. Are those the boots he was wearing at his farm? Yep, sure are. That's the way people come. They come a little broken. Shirt not tucked in. Got a backstory. Maybe they have addiction problems. Tell here's what I'll tell you. Here's what you, you say, well, Pastor Pat, what do I tell them? Tell them that Jesus loves them. And I go to a church where we let God be the judge. What a concept. I believe so much in the institution of God's church that if there's only one thing you can tell your friends and your family is say, get there. And maybe they don't live around here and they can't go to one of the locations and tell them to click in and get online until they can find a church in their area where they can be there personally. And when they come in, it may be your kids and it may be your dad or your mom. And when they come in, there'll be a group of believers in that church that will shake their hands and welcome them and, and do Bible studies and do life. And then you go, man, I wish there was a church like have Bible all over the place. Well, I do too. But there's a good church somewhere in, in every city somewhere. You got to kind of seek it out. He says, therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not I did not cease night or day to admonish every one of you with tears. So I'll leave you with this. I think it's my biggest prayer probably that everyone would come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And why do I say that? Because it is so good to be saved. I mean, it is so good to be saved. Spiritually speaking, we have been redeemed. We've been, we've been bought back from a life of assured hell, fire and damnation. Does that mean that we walk around here and we're perfect in the flesh? Not at all. You're, we still got a ways to go. Sanctification is a process, and you can tell your neighbor, God's still working on me a little bit. Do it and with assurance. He, he's still working in this area right here, right in this general area. He's working right here. You'll have to allow him to, or you'll shut the process down. You know, it's, it, it's, 
it sounds a little silly to, to say we would shut the process down, but it's kind of like me running a computer in the office. You know, the girls go, well, there it is. You know, they set me up on this computer so I could do this work. And I'm, I'm for sure they'll tell you I'm the worst on a computer. And they go, go ahead and go ahead. And then I'll start clicking. They go, don't click on that. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, you'll shut the whole church down. I go, you told me I could click on this stuff. I'm just shutting the Oh, no, don't shut the computer off. So that's what I'm telling you today. Don't shut the computer off. Don't shut God out. Amen. Just say, if you, if you really are real, God, I want you to, to reveal yourself here and now. Ask God today as you lift your hands to the sky and say, I need a reboot. I need a reboot. Man, you've got to reboot this thing right here. Bring the house lights down and we'll, we'll bring that group down that just got honest. The, the amen section of the church, I wish they'd come down here and join me and just admit that I need a reboot today. I'm like Pastor Pat. I can't, I can't shut the whole system down. The office will lock down. Boy, oh boy, the amen section got a little bigger today, didn't it? Look at your neighbor say, I'm fixing to get honest here going to get honest. I've got to tell you, Chef, sometimes you just feel like getting honest with some cats. What a great opportunity to be in a, in, in a church where people really love Jesus. I'm thinking about joining here. I, I wish I could get out of here, but I just can't. i got to stay here for a second. And we will. Just hold on. So I had the pleasure of leading, and we'll get back here, a young man, Jeremiah Stafford is Kelly and Jimmy's nephew up at North last week, and then he came to the Warrington campus last night, and he came up, and uh, he, he bought a cross, a necklace, and he came up, and he said, Pastor, I bought this uh, to celebrate my new faith in Jesus. I'll be back. That's the kind of stuff that brings me back to church is there's a possibility that somebody could get saved in this building today. Amen. And all those who need a reboot or repentance or whatever it is that's going on in your life, I'm sure we all could, could testify that we need God to forgive us and get out of our sinful life and get towards him. And I'm going I'm to I'm believe the best for you today because that's how God told me i got to live my life. So I'm going to ask Pastor Aaron to close us and in, 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 in pray for those things that we're just talking about right now. So bow with me as I ask this brother to pray for us. So I want uh, right now, is a day that God has brought you to church, whether it's your first day at church, whether it's your hundredth day, whether it's your thousandth day. And maybe you've always sat back in your seat and you said, you know what, I'm going to pray for everybody up there. Well, here's the thing is this is the show me state. If you've been sitting back in your chair saying, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. Why don't you come up here today and put a hand on a shoulder? Maybe you've never met before. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what, they don't know what you're going through. Talk is cheap these days, people. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. 
We need people out there that are praying for people, laying hands on people, believing that people are going to get breakthroughs. There's addicts in this church. There's people that are struggling with fear, depression, anxiety in this church. People need help in this church. That's why, let's be honest, that's why we walk through these doors. Every day, just because I'm a pastor or we're a deacon or we're a lay leader, we still walk through these doors because we need help too. So today, if you're back there in the seats and maybe you're not able to, but if you are able to, I'm going to ask you to come out and just put a hand on somebody up here at the altar. We don't know what everybody's going through, but what we can do is we can be there. We can pray for these people because I promise you, all these people are probably praying for you and your family. You see, God is in the action business. I'm going to say this and then we're going to pray. He said, I'm going to make earth. And then he made earth. He said, I'm going to make man. And then he made man. And then man, they, they strayed. And then he said, you know what? The earth has gotten so bad, I'm going to flood the earth. No, you better, you better build a boat. And then what did he do? He flooded the earth. And then he said, you know what? It's got so sin riddled that it needs a pure and spotless sacrifice. I'm going to send my son. Read the Old Testament. That's what it's all about, about the lead up to Jesus Christ. And then what did he do, church? He sent his son. And then finally, how about this one? I don't believe Jesus is coming back. Guess what? God said he's coming back. So he's, he's 100% accurate so far. I'm pretty sure Jesus is going to come back. So today, I want to make sure I'm on the right side of eternity when Jesus comes back. Amen. So I want you to grab a shoulder, grab a hand, reach your hands out. Let's pray together and let's show each other that we care. Let's just not say we care. Let's show each other that we care because God showed that he loves us and cares for us by sending his son Jesus for us. So, Father God, as we close here today, I see all the hands raised. I see all the different situations, anxiety, depression, addictions, different things that we all struggle with, Lord. We all struggle with each and every one of these day in and day out. But, Lord, we thank you for your son dying on the cross for our sins, for our anxieties, for our fears, that we may no longer battle them alone. But number one, we battle them with you at our side, Lord. And today, as we look side by side up at the altar, we know, Lord, that we have other brothers and sisters in Christ battling it with us. Nobody here at this church is going to face anything alone. And today, Lord, we thank you for all these brothers and sisters, and we pray for everybody out there, Lord. Don't us, let us ever get too busy to stop and pray for somebody. Lord God, we lift these all up to you today. Bless them, take care of them. And Lord God, I pray that we go out there and we spread this great gospel message to a lost world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. The church said, amen. amen.